Welcome to the New Hope Roanoke podcast that follows our live weekend teachings. We are a church bringing hope to the Roanoke Valley. So please take a moment to subscribe or follow this podcast at the end of the message. And for more information, go to newhoperoanoke.com.
We are the church. Good morning, New Hope. We are so glad that you are joining us for services online this morning. If this happens to be your first time with us, we would love for you to connect with us. Simply fill out the online connect card and let us know how our church may be able to help you this morning. We want to let you know that ministry is still taking place here at New Hope. In fact, many members in our community are telling us stories of how they're continuing to serve and connect and help their neighbors. And one of the stories that we are continuing to hear is about one of our small groups that has adopted 13 families in our community and are continuing to provide meals for them each and every week. And it is amazing to hear the stories of how New Hope is being the hands and the feet of Jesus here in our community. We would love to invite you to still be a part of all of the ministry that is taking place by continuing to send in your tithes and offerings. And you can do it one of three ways. You can mail the check to the church directly. You can log into your online account and give from there, or you can simply text to give. Now, this morning is great because we are beginning a brand new series called Wilderness. And our lead pastor, Seth, is going to be looking at the story of the Exodus, the Israelite people who were brought out of Egypt into the promised land. But he's going to be focusing on that time in between as they found themselves in the wilderness and how they handled themselves and how God taught them some amazing things about himself, about their community, and about how to live for him. And our lead pastor is going to be pulling out those same biblical principles and helping us figure out who we are and how we relate to God and one another as we find ourselves in this time of wilderness as well. Now, as we move through this series, we're going to have a video each and every week from one of our members here at New Hope that describes a time that they went through a wilderness as well. Now, we hope you enjoy this very first one from Bobby Johnson. Hello, my name is Bobby Johnson, and this is my wilderness story. I've worked in the green industry all my life. Had moved up the ladder and had had, had established myself as a supervisor and 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 a leader uh, uh, of men and uh, and in in this industry and and had had great success. <clears throat> I became the, the the manager. I became the the supervisor of of the maintenance of uh, of Moyer Sports Complex, and that was a big deal to me. And um, and I was so proud about three years ago, I was working a Mountain East uh, tournament and this was championship Sunday. And uh, we had, we were pulling a tarp off the infield and uh, we were running with it uh, because we had to, because it was so heavy. And uh, my foot went into a, a handle and it, and it shattered my fibula and everything changed. We always hear, uh, it, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll get the answer in God's time, not yours. And, and when God wants you to know, he'll, he'll let you know. And, and I was just, it made me so mad. I just didn't like hearing all that mess. Ugh, it's just so brutal. And so for the last three years, um, I have been uh, searching for the new thing. What am I going to do? How am I going to make it? What, I don't even know who I am anymore. What, what am I to do? Um, <laughs> and then it hit me. You've had almost three years to spend with your children. I learned, I learned how to color in the lines. 
inside the lines. And they were taking time to, to do that. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I could, I can color a really good picture. <laughs> and I cooked and I cleaned and I, I refurbished my house. I, I put floors down and put walls in. I changed out bathrooms. I put stairs on. It was amazing <laughs> when I realized what, what had happened. It was amazing. I connected with my family in a way that I would have never been able to otherwise. <laughs> I don't think God broke my leg. I think my leg got broken because it was an accident, but the blessing that I got and am getting from that is amazing. Telling people, gotta let you know in his time. <laughs>
So in Exodus 13, we read the account of the Israelites leaving Egypt. And as they leave, they take bread with them that has no yeast in it, it's unleavened. And Moses actually tells the Israelites to eat nothing but unleavened bread for the next seven days because he wants them to remember that they left so quickly that they didn't even have time to make the bread correctly. And what is amazing about this part in the Exodus story is that Jesus, on the night he's with his disciples and he begins to institute communion, he actually reaches back to this time of the Israelites' history as he picks up this unleavened bread at the night of the Passover. And he says, this now is my body, which I break for you. And what's so amazing about it is Jesus, Jesus reaches back in and he says, what I'm about to do with my sacrifice is the same exact thing that happened as you guys left Israel. I'm about to rescue you from slavery. Now our slavery isn't the same thing. We weren't in bondage to another people, but we find ourselves in bondage to sin. And what Jesus wants us to remember is that on his body, on his sacrifice, it is once again this rescue and redemption of God's people back into this promised land of himself once again.
Good morning, New Hope. Thank you so much for tuning in from wherever you are. We find ourselves in a wilderness now, don't we? And that's why we're launching this new series. As we think about this, we are in a wilderness, not only as individuals and families, we're in a wilderness as a nation, or really around the world, and the church is also in a wilderness. You know, it's great, though, to know that in the midst of this wilderness, the church continues to thrive. If you would, let me speak to that for just a moment. Uh, maybe you had heard the news that the church broke the internet. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't Tiger King. Uh, it's not even going to be The Last Dance, uh, this 10-hour documentary on Michael Jordan that drops tonight. Uh, that's going to be incredible over the next several weeks. We'll get to experience that. That, not even that, is going to break the internet. What broke the internet was the church. It was when we all went online as governors and states were putting shelter-in-place orders in effect. And so many churches went online that those first few weeks, the internet could not keep up. Facebook was reporting troubles. Even church online platform, the one that we use, uh, that one was experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties. If you couldn't tune in to watch our services and join us in worship, we apologize, but it was because the church broke the internet. Now, none of this is ideal. This is not what we want but I want to point out that even in the midst of all this, there's some incredibly good things happening. So on Easter Sunday, get this, there were over 10 million people that attended church just through church online platform. That's not Facebook and all the other uh, options and, and venues that people can use. Just with church online platform, 10 million people attended online and almost 70,000 people made the decision for the first time to follow Christ. Isn't that incredible? In fact, look at this graphic that we have. This shows all of the places. You can see all around the world the many people, almost, almost 70,000 people that committed their lives to Christ. We are so excited that even in the midst of all of this chaos the church finds itself in, that Christ continues to be lifted up that people are surrendering their lives to him, that we can still worship together in this way. You also should know that last week here at New Hope, as we streamed services online for Easter Sunday, we had 1,650 views. Now, that doesn't mean we had that many people. Of course, I know that some people check in for a few seconds and then leave, but also there are usually multiple people that are behind every device. So whatever the number of people it was, we celebrate that people were able to worship with us as a community of faith, that people were inspired by the gospel, by the word of God, and we hopefully can continue to grow closer to Christ in the weeks ahead. That leads me also to mention we intend to continue worshiping online uh, for the next few weeks. We're going to stay up to date on what the governor's doing, uh, what the president is announcing, and how states are beginning to slowly lift these executive orders. And when we can be back together, we will. Uh, but for now, we will thank God that even in the midst of this, we can be together uh, online. You know, the wilderness, though, is not just the church. The wilderness is in our lives, in our families. That's where we feel it the most. That's where you feel it. And what we need to recognize is that God 
he works in the wilderness. We don't like the wilderness. No one wants to go into the wilderness. But God works in the wilderness. And we believe that God can work all things together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those of us who are found in Christ Jesus. And because of that, what we can do is we can use the wilderness. We can look at this wilderness time as an opportunity to become the kinds of people that God wants us to become. That's what happens in the wilderness. If we let the wilderness do to us what God intends, we come out on the other side different. We become the kind of people he wants us to be. Now, it's not just COVID-19 that's a wilderness. You, you know this. There are lots of different kinds. Maybe for you, it's a relationship that has left you in a wilderness. Uh, you thought that this was going to lead to something more. You had given your heart to this person, and now you're devastated. They are gone. You don't know what's ahead, and you're left there in the milder, middle, a kind of wilderness. Or for you, it could be a job or a promotion. Uh, but before this pandemic hit, you were hoping for a promotion. You kept applying for those new roles that came available and you wouldn't hear anything back. Or now many people are filing for unemployment and you don't know what's next. There's this uncertainty about the future and how to pay your bills. Or even in our health, sometimes a diagnosis comes and we don't know. We, we, we recognize we have an illness. Uh, we're preparing and planning for some kind of treatment or surgery, but we're left in between. And in those places, we don't enjoy the wilderness. But in those moments, it's so very important that we look to God because he wants to do something in our midst, even in the wilderness. Now, when we zoom out and think of all of the scriptures, we see multiple examples all throughout the Bible of the wilderness, or sometimes we call it the desert. Uh, for example, Moses enters in the wilderness when he has to leave Egypt because he's killed an Egyptian. Later, he has to lead the Israelites through the desert, and uh, that's the story that we're going to be studying for the next several weeks. But if we keep looking throughout the rest of scriptures, we see Joshua, he fights in the wilderness. David, he writes songs in the wilderness. Elijah the prophet hides in the wilderness. Also John the Baptist, he was the voice in the wilderness that prepared the way for Jesus. And then ultimately Jesus conquers Satan in the wilderness after he's tempted. And so we could study all of scripture and see what God does in the wilderness. But for our purposes for the next few weeks, we're just going to look at the story of Moses and the people of God. And there are these critical moments along the journey that we're going to pause. We're going to look at a part of scripture and see what they do. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes what they do that's wrong. And we're going to learn from the Israelites, the people of God, this kind of like roadmap as to how we can navigate our own wilderness moments. You know, we've said this already, but the wilderness is really a place that's barren. It feels like it's not fertile. Nothing can grow there, but God does want to grow something in us in this unbarren place. It's hot. It's usually empty. It's not crowded. It's a place between. There's no luxury or comfort. Ultimately, the wilderness is this. 
It's a period of waiting. It's a period of preparation. And the people of God find themselves as slaves in Egypt. And God says, I want to take you through the wilderness and go to the promised land. In fact, look at this picture if you would. You see there, Egypt is green and lush on the left side of the picture. There's the Nile Delta. And then, ultimately, there's this huge brown section in the middle. It, it's, it's empty. It's void. Nothing grows there. No one wants to spend their time in the desert, in the wilderness. But God wants to lead his people through that brown patch into this other green space that's up a little bit higher to the right. And that is what we call the promised land, the land of Canaan. God, he is doing something in his people, and I, I believe God wants to do something in our midst in this series, in your life, in your living room, in your family, in the way that you work. God wants to move in our hearts, and we can learn from his word as to how he's going to do that. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert, that desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. And what we see there is that God knows us. He knows the heart of humanity. And he doesn't want to take us necessarily on the shortest route, the route that would make the most sense to us. God instead chooses often to lead us on a longer path, to make us wait to prepare us because he knows that we aren't ready for some of the things that he has intended for us. And so because God knows the people of Israel, God's people, he leads them the longer way. And we find in this that sometimes you and I, we need a little bit of the desert. We need the wilderness because it strips away that which we don't need. It helps us to reorient ourselves and focus on what God has. It actually lets us become the kinds of people that God intends for us to be because it's not for God about arriving at a destination. It's about the journey. For God, it is not getting to a certain place. It's becoming a certain kind of people. And we'll see that as we go throughout this series together. And it all points to this question. One of the questions that frames everything we're going to be talking about is, do we trust God's leading? Do we trust God? And the way that we answer that question is not just, uh, yes, I trust God and I give my life to him and hopefully in heaven we'll be together uh, again. It's, do I trust God today? Do I trust God in this moment? Do I trust God in this pandemic? Do I trust God in the wilderness that I find myself in? And the people of God have to wrestle with this question as they approach the Red Sea. Now, the Red Sea is this famous biblical story. It's, it's rich in the history of Israel. Uh, this is the story that they always point back to about God's deliverance and God's rescue. And here's how that story goes. Moses he leads the people out from Egypt. They were slaves to Pharaoh. They were making bricks and God does miracles and he leads his people out into the wilderness and the first obstacle that they have is this sea, this 
body of water in front of them. So as they look forward, there's, a, there's the Red Sea. As they look behind them, there's Pharaoh's army. And in fact, in verse 10 of chapter 14, we read that Pharaoh, he realizes, I have let the people go and I'm going to now pursue them. So Pharaoh approaches the Israelites and they look up and there were the Egyptians marching after them and they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. You know, this is the moment that the Israelites realize, do I trust this leader, Moses? Do I trust God and what path he's taking me down? I mean, it looks in human terms, like I'm going straight into a dead end. This is a cul-de-sac. God, what are you, Moses, what are you doing? There is no way out. When we try to flee, we're either going to be captured, we either have to surrender or die at the hand of the Egyptian army, or we're going to have to make a swim for it and likely drown. Not all of us can cross this body of water. So what are they going to do? They cry out to the Lord. This is so significant. That Hebrew word, cry out, it goes all the way back to chapter 3, verse 7. And the Israelites are slaves in Egypt making bricks and they cry out to God, God, would you please rescue us? Remember your promise to us, O Lord. Would you give us the land that you, get, you promised you'd give Abraham? Now, there are really two kinds of ways that we can cry out to the Lord today. We can cry out in defiance because we think we deserve something. We think we've earned something. And, and that's not the posture that we're seeing in this text, in this story. It's not a cry out of defiance. It's a cry out of reliance. They have to trust God. They are broken. Uh, they need to humble themselves. Without him, they certainly will die or be captured. And so we too, we need to cry out to God when we have depression or anxiety, when there's fear in our heart, when we don't know what the future holds because of the way that the world is currently, we have to cry out to God. When was the last time that we got on our knees and we prayed to our Father in heaven and we entrusted the future to him? We asked him to intervene and to take care of what's going on because the promise that we see in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 where this word first appears is this, that God, he says, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. That's what God wants to do. He wants to see, he wants to hear. He is concerned and he wants to rescue us but we've got to cry out to him, which draws us back to that question. Do we trust the path God is taking us down? Do we trust God himself? And then notice, notice this. What happens is Moses responds to the people and he tells them what to do. Then God tells them what to do. I want you to see this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you this deliverance today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch it out. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on the dry ground. Well, we see that this 
all leads the Israelites to recognize what they need the most. They need to follow his lead. They cry out to God, and then they need to trust God. They need to follow after him. Wherever he leads, they have to trust the path that he's set before them. And that's really what we have to do too. Will we trust the path? And so with great excitement, with great trepidation, they begin to walk hundreds of thousands of Israelites across the Red Sea, water on both sides and on dry ground. God had rescued his people. God wants to rescue us, whatever wilderness we find ourselves in, whatever dead end you and I may be in today. God wants to intervene because he sees you, he hears you, he is concerned about you. We just need to cry out to him. And we need to follow wherever he leads. Even if it doesn't make sense to other people. Even if we're not sure how he's going to provide. And when we do, here's the victory. Here's the other side of the story. Once we pass through the Red Sea, we see in chapter 14, verse 30, that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. In fact, uh, verse 31, it says that when they saw the mighty hand that the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they put their trust in Moses, his servant. Maybe you've heard the new worship song that's making rounds right now. It's called Waymaker. And the chorus, it goes like this. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. And this song is so powerful for many reasons. But one of the reasons I love this song is because I saw this incredible video. There was a group of Christians that went to a church in northwest, excuse me, went to a hospital in northwest Atlanta. Uh, they actually went to uh, Cartersville Medical Center and they turned this song on the radio stations. And they turned it up and they were singing this song in worship as they prayed over those who were sick, as they prayed over those working on the front lines. Take a look at this video if you haven't seen it yet. I love that line, even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't feel that you're working. You know, there are a lot of things that we can't see or feel, but God, he is seeing and hearing. He's concerned about us and he wants to intervene and to make a difference. If we will trust him, if we'll follow his lead, that's what can happen. And we may not know what's going on around us, but we can trust that God is with us. And the reason that we can trust that is because Jesus came. The reality is that Jesus, he is written all over this Red Sea story. Jesus, he had to go to Egypt when he was a baby to flee King Herod. And then he came out of Egypt. He, he leads out of Egypt. And then not only that, he leads us from our slavery to sin into a right relationship with God, into salvation and freedom, into the promised land, ultimately into eternity with God. And we see that Jesus, he's the light that's in the darkness. 
Jesus was lighting the way for us in our darkness so that we could have the path forward that God would lead us. You know, this is, this is an incredible opportunity uh, to talk about two things. One is giving our lives to Christ. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, we would invite you to do that. We're in the chat and we would love to talk to you about what it means to place your faith in Christ. And also, many people look at this story and they see baptism. For example, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, two of Jesus' first followers, they reference this and they say, you know what baptism is like? It's like the Israelites, when they passed through the water and in that they experienced new life, freedom and joy and love. And so maybe now uh, you need to make the decision that when this pandemic is over, I'm going to be baptized. Or if, if you're brave in the midst of this, less than 10 people, we can use masks and gloves and uh, we can baptize you. Maybe you need to make that decision and join the, the people of God who have surrendered their lives to Christ and who show I'm surrendering in the waters of baptism as I follow the example of Jesus. In all of these ways, would you trust Christ? Would you trust the path that God is leading you down? Even if we have already placed our faith in Jesus and we call ourselves a Christian, uh, then this invitation is still for you and for me. What does it look like today and this next week for me to place my trust in God? We don't know how he's working, but we know he's leading us down a road and we have to trust him as the author and the perfecter of our faith, as our creator and as our sustainer. And let's just commit this to him now as we close in prayer. God, thank you. Thank you for stories like this that encourage us and give us hope. And I pray that we would be able to learn from the Israelites this great lesson that you are trustworthy. We remember the great things that you've done in the past. We remember especially what you did for us in Jesus. And we know that you can see us through in the days ahead. Whatever wilderness we face, whatever we find ourselves in, you are God. You are in control. You are the one who makes a way when there is no way. We thank you and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So good to be with you online today. We look forward to seeing you for the next few weeks and we, we love you. If there's any way we can serve you, please reach out to us and let us know. We'll try to meet any needs that we can and know that we look forward to being in person again soon. God bless you.